If you're a solo business owner or you don't have a marketing team, try to spend like one hour adding something to your website every week. And then the other thing from this is you can take whatever you've added to your website and you can repurpose it into social media. You can put it on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. You just want to spend maybe an hour, maybe 30 minutes every week. Then really what it boils down to is what do you have time for? Do you have time for one blog post a month? Do you have time for one blog post a week? Content's not a one and done thing. You can then amplify it out across platform. Hey everyone, welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. My name is Molly Nolan. I am your episode host and I have two fantastic women joining me for an informational and interesting conversation on the topic of SEO. Shannon Hinderberger and Darlene Wienheisen, the founders of Dash Content Collective, a marketing strategy design and content agency based in Bend, Oregon are here to demystify the world of SEO by breaking down the concept into simple, tangible steps that any of us can do to impact the optimization of our websites. We talk about all things ranking, content creation, SEO resources, common mistakes, measuring results, and how AI is changing the landscape. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. All right, welcome to the podcast. I have Shannon Hinderberger and Darlene Wienheisen with me today, the ladies behind Dash Content Collective. Darlene and Shannon, welcome to the podcast. How are you guys? We're good. Thank you for having us. Thank you for being here. We, um, one, I'm excited just to to bring you on the podcast. We've been working together on some things here over for us at NCG. And so it's been nice to have that relationship at the start. And through that conversation, I have discovered that you guys know a lot about SEO. And that's a topic that a lot of our listeners, a lot of the business owners that we work with do not. And it is something that it just remains a mystery. And so I thought, let's get the ladies from Dash to demystify SEO for us. Um, so before we jump into that exciting topic, um, I'd love to just um, help our listeners get a better understanding of who you all are and you know what you do. So Shannon, I'll start with you. Tell us who you are, you know where you're from, and what it is that you do. Well, I'm Shannon Hinderberger. Um, I live in Bend, Oregon. I'm originally from Omaha, Nebraska, but I fled Nebraska almost 20 years ago to beautiful Bend, Oregon. And I've been in uh, digital marketing since 1998. I worked uh, for health and wellness companies and hospitality in 2017, went on my own and started Shannon Lee Strategy, which was basically a social media marketing company. And um, Darlene and I... uh, worked on several projects together and uh, she's, I'm the social media strategist, creative strategist. And she's kind of like the creative director. Like she's the other side, the design, the branding. Um, But we both have a strong, a strong uh, understanding of content and how to get out there and um, help people stand out online. And so in January, we formed Dash Content Collective. 
And um, she can talk a little bit more about that. But we formed this company after Darlene for two years, like we should work together, three years, actually, we should work together, we should work together, we should form an agency. And so finally, we're like, we decided to do it. it. And we work with a lot of uh, companies on the West Coast. Fantastic. Now, Darlene, clearly you're the other half to this partnership. Uh, give us a little bit of background about what you, what, you, what you did prior to Dash and kind of, again, your, you know, what your area of expertise is. Sure. So I'm Darlene Wienheisen. Um, I am from Portland, Oregon and um, live there most of my life. And I have a background in marketing as well as design. So I've been... Um, so I'm a two-time grad of Oregon State University. <laughs> and um, I started in marketing around 2008 and um, have always really loved design and creative. So I decided to go back to school and do that. And I think that marketing and graphic design really work well together. So mm-hmm. it marries this, this idea of um, strategy and intention basically in everything that you do. So in the messaging, in the way that your brand is looking visually, and then how that translates, as Shannon said, to content. So um, so when we, my husband and I moved over to Central Oregon um, about six years ago now, seven years ago, and um, I'm actually in Redmond, which is about 30 minutes away from Bend. Um, and it's beautiful here, we love it. It's like 300 days of sunshine. <laughs> So um, Shannon and I started working together on several different clients, just local clients that happened to know Shannon and happened to know me and needed us to to fill in their marketing team. So um, we've always been sort of um, contract workers, like remote workers for these clients. And when I moved to Central Oregon, I really had this vision for myself of starting an agency that was just some, I wanted other creatives around me. Um, working as a solopreneur for so long, I missed that team and collaborative aspect of it. So um, I was kind of just had my eyes peeled for like the right partner to work with that would fill in like other areas, other services that I didn't offer and that I could also get along really well with and like bounce ideas off of and have a good rapport with. So that's when I started courting Shannon (laughs) in that way. And um we each had our own businesses going on. And so it was just kind of a transition period and like took us a while to kind of make the, make that plunge. But um, yeah. So since January, we've been working together, um, form dash and it's been going really well. Um, We've just loved helping our clients with the content, with the strategy. Um, One aspect of our business that we would like to grow is, is workshops and offering digital products to business owners who want to do a little bit of it themselves and maybe don't have the budget to hire us directly, but still need that education in some of these areas like SEO. So um, part of this conversation kind of came out of a workshop that we actually did. Um, So we're really excited to share um, findings from that, from that research that we've done from that workshop that we held with your audience. I love it. I mean, I feel like education is totally the start when it comes to just like understanding the like the just the top of the funnel of what marketing is because marketing um it's become a greater conversation with a lot of our clients that you need to you need to invest in marketing. You have to spend. You can't just think um yeah, it's really really great if you are getting a lot of leads word of mouth. That's fantastic. You have to be investing and supplementing behind that. It's your brand at the end of the day. And there's so many factors of where you can 
you know, allocate your money, allocate your time towards it. But having just the first, the, the understanding of how to, of what, what marketing is, what the components within it are, will help be able to guide you in making the right, the right decisions. Um, so it's fantastic. You both have, you know, your different backgrounds. You both are working with clients on your own. You live in a beautiful part of the world. I've been to Bend. It's lovely. You know, shout out. We've got, we have several clients in the Bend um, area. I've got Webfoot, Central Oregon Garage Door, really great clients of ours. So I actually was connected um, to you, Darlene, through um, a client through through Webfoot, and uh, you were the one that helped us do our new cascading planning cycle um, image. So it's fun to, when you can kind of um, you know when worlds collide like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You came together for Dash Content Collective. I mean, I'll go to you, Shannon. You know what? What's the core mission for you guys over at Dash? Well, we are marketing strategy, planning, and execution. Um, in the realm of content, and that could be social media, that can mean videos, graphics, uh, words that go on your page, aka blogs, um, SEO. And we help business owners just create consistent content design strategy. And we're kind of the extension of their team. We're the, the extension of a marketing team, or we're the extent, or we are the marketing team for a company. Um, and we run the marketing for them. They trust us. And typically uh, business owners, uh, they don't actually like doing the content creation or the marketing. I just talked to a business owner this week that's just like, I had to sit down and figure out what I wanted to do in my business and marketing was not one of them. And so they came to uh, Dash to be their their marketing, their fractional marketing team. And so we step in, we make it easy, we do the research. So the business owner stops throwing spaghetti at the wall. There's a great video where Darlene's just throwing spaghetti at the wall. <laughs> but uh, at the other part of this is we we like doing workshops and we also like creating digital products. So for those business owners that can't hire us, so we want to be everything to everyone. We realize that that's a lot, lot for our yeah, small but yeah. we are stepping into like, how do we do this? Because we feel that things like SEO are way easier than people are saying it is. So that's why we, why, why we have this kind of mission to help everybody be consistent with their content. Um, and a lot of times uh, people will start creating content, video content, Video, uh, content for their website, social media content. Um, and they will get, they'll start doing it and they won't see anything and just give up after a month. And content takes time. And that's hard for this, you know, TikTok viral atmosphere of marketing we're in now to understand that if you want to be a thought leader in what you do, content is the main thing and it's going to take time and it's a long game. So that we'll we'll jump to this you know later in the conversation but kind of that measuring of that time investment that money investment that you're spending like can can you measure it these days can you measure ROI um so let's talk the other about thing oh go ahead oh, I was gonna say, yeah the other thing that we see with business owners and with some of our clients too is they like Shannon said they'll do it for a month or two and they're not seeing anything well the other thing that we see is they do it for a month or two and then they get some clients from it or some new business and then they get too busy and then they stop doing it. And then you get into that high, low cycle where you've stopped the consistency. The algorithms are not going to favor you anymore. Um, you're dropping to the bottom of the list. Essentially, 
you have to start all over. So once you get the momentum, it's really important to keep that momentum going. And that's where small business owners particularly get overwhelmed because when they get, they see clients coming in, they see money coming in, they go, oh, I don't need to do this anymore. Well, you, you have to keep doing it for those slower times. You have to keep doing the things that are working at the end of the day, right? Exactly. Even when you get busy. So, which is why so often I think when a lot of business owners or or somebody, maybe an office manager, someone that has been allocated to do the marketing function, they get busy. It's no longer a priority because there's not necessarily like a role designated or it's not been made a priority of, of a to-do because the other tasks of operations take, take precedence. Um, but we want to change that in the conversation for sure. So let's talk about SEO, which is the core of why we're here. Now, I saw a stat um, from your SEO workshop, and that was like mind-boggling to me. And it, that said, 70% of small business owners and entrepreneurs don't have a search engine optimization strategy. It's from PR Newswire. And it's shocking, but also I can totally believe it, which is a shame. Yeah. Um, why? It's yeah, it's amazing. So I'll ask, and maybe it's because it's scary. So maybe we'll we'll let that we'll let that stat like live out there and then let's kind of move into you know the basics of it all. Darlene, what is SEO and why do we need it as businesses? Yes. So SEO basically is search engine optimization. And it is the practice of optimizing your website and your and your social now, basically anything you're putting online to improve your visibility when people go to search for you in a search engine like Google or um, Bing or whatever you might be using. So um, you want to find ways that you can sort of appease the, the algorithms essentially for Google so that when someone types in a search term into Google, Google's going to do its best to give the searcher the answer that they're looking for. So their little search bots are are always looking at everything online. And when someone types in, you know, how do I get a, a quote for a house painting? Like, how do I get an estimate to paint my house? Google's going to do its best to give you the best results. That's their goal. That's their um, what they owe their customers, basically. So if you're not putting information into your website and on the back end of your website that is answering that question you probably won't show up as a result. So basically SEO is super important because it is the only way organically to show up in that search result without using paid ads. And money put into paid ads in Google now is going um, is, is going less and less far than it used to. Yes. Okay, and in, in social especially. So it's really difficult for a smaller business to invest in advertising. And we're not really going into, into Google ads or social ads today, but we really are um, emphasizing the importance of SEO for your organic visibility so that you can maximize people finding you organically versus having to put money down for people to find you. And that's something that, I mean, if, if you, even if you have, if you have zero marketing budget, if you have a minimal marketing budget, this is something that you can do. It's not something that needs to be expensive. Um, there are some really, you know, basic, basic methods to, to creating an optimized website. And we'll certainly get to that. But 
in the land of Google, because Google right now still seems to rule all, although that could, you know, possibly be changing as AI comes into yeah. the fold. We're seeing that happen like right now. Um, but for, for a long time, Google has ruled, ruled the roost for, you know, the search engine to go to. What have been the things that companies like websites have had to show to rank, you know, just naturally to rank well on Google? Yeah. So um, Google is going to look at a whole bunch of different factors. And this is basically what their algorithm is. Um, it's all of these different factors that they're taking into account when they are searching your website. So there's actually over like 200 of these factors. There might even be more today. Um, Google doesn't like to tell us everything, but we do know like there's some main ones that Google really likes. Um, we know that Google likes authority. So um, are you putting out content that is going to be um, well-researched? Are you an expert on the topic? You know, what's your website authority? Um, so they're also going to want to look at things like trust. Do your, do your, um, website visitors trust you? Are you doing things like, um, making sure that your website is secure? So like, are there certain security things in the back end? Like, do you have a, um, a, an SSL certificate is like a, a website thing that you can install that basically, um, create, you know, create sort of like cyber, like locks and keys on your website um where we go to a website and your your browser stops you and like this this browser yeah. is secure are you sure you want to continue and you right. don't want to put that barrier up in front of your customers exactly so and today like those kinds of things are almost almost required they used to be optional and now it's like basically when you when you have a website you're kind of required to have things like an ssl certificate and stuff like that um, but Google is going to look at that. It's going to factor that in. It also wants to know, um, you know, if you're having people log in, like are, are the, are the way that they, is the way that they are logging in secure? So how are passwords stored? How, how are you as a website owner storing, um, visitors information? Are you going to be easily hacked? Um, yeah. that's a big thing right now, especially if you've, if you're taking payments online, um, mm-hmm. The other thing is relevance. So is the content on your site um, what people are actually searching for? Is it what they want to know? Or are you just kind of saying what you what you like and what you want to talk about? And there is a balance there, um, especially for small business owners who are trying to break out and be thought leaders in their industry. You, you have to kind of strike this balance between what does my audience want to know and what are they missing that I need to tell them about? that's going to be new and relevant. So um, the other thing is going to be user behavior. So when they get to your website, are they leaving right away? Are they realizing I was served this this website as a search result, but it's not actually what I need. So I'm bouncing. It's called a bounce rate. (laughs) They go to your site and immediately leave. Yeah. Or do they go to your site? They click around, they read everything, like they're staying on the page for a long time. That is a good user behavior that Google likes to see. So that's, um, you know, how long is your page view? How many page visits within your site are you getting per session or per user when they go there? Um, So all of these things Google is kind of looking at, gauging, and, and then ranking your site. And Google is doing this regardless of if you have Google Analytics installed. They are still searching your site and deciding if you are a search result that they want to give to people. 
Um, we definitely recommend Google Analytics and Search Console. We can get into some specific tools later on. But um, just in case you were wondering, you don't have to have Google Analytics installed for this to be happening. It's when you publish a site, search bots are searching it. If so it's important to keep these things are, in mind. You live online, you're being searched. So Shannon, what happens if you choose to ignore any SEO work on your website at all? You're the 70% that... Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, your website basically is the most important online marketing platform you have. And many think social media is the important place to be on on the web. Um, yeah. I mean, you should be on social media. If your bit if your audience is on social media, yes, you should be there. But I've talked to so many people that just have a Facebook business page as their website and you won't rank if you have a Facebook business page. Um, you may rank uh, for, you won't rank for your keywords. You may rank for your brand, but you won't rank for your keywords. So if you're a painting company and you don't have a website and people put, put painters in Bend, Oregon, you are not going to show up. Um, so it basically, you will you won't show up in Google if you don't if you don't have your on page SEO dialed in um, and know what your keywords are and do the keyword research. Um, and the other thing with this is that a lot of times when people are building their website, they're really focused on the design of the website and not so much the content that goes on it. Um, when you really should be SEO driven from the get-go of your website. Um, I was, I'm working with somebody uh, in Hawaii and I keep telling them like, nobody's going to find your product or service if we don't do a keyword analysis. And they're like, oh, I don't want to have a fancy website. I don't want to have, I, I just need a landing page for my book. And it's just like, people aren't going to find you if you don't keyword it correctly. Um, and one thing that we find is people will spend money on an SEO strategy, but then they won't implement it into their site because um, a lot of SEO individuals uh, will just give you the information and actually won't go in your website to do it. So then you have to go in and put it. So a lot of times you'll pay for it to get done and then it will just sit in a Word document or a spreadsheet and not get implemented. And the other thing is, is that they will put an SEO strategy in their site, temporarily rank and then won't won't touch it for years. Mm -hmm. And you want to make sure that you have an ongoing strategy that um, keeps you ranking. Um, and keeps it that all, relevance. Sorry. Yeah, keeps the relevance, keeps the authority. Authority is huge with Google. So if people are backlinking to your site, and we're not actually going to talk about backlinking today, maybe I shouldn't even mention it, but if people aren't <laughs> linking back to your site, like that doesn't, that doesn't show that you have authority. So it's really important if you do have SEO done to know how to continually add to your site and keep ranking and add relevance and authority. So that's the thing. And I think maybe that why this is so it's become hard to grasp sometimes because it's like, okay, so having an SEO strategy, what does that mean? Like what... What am I do? How often do I need to be um, adding content or checking things on my website? That like, what's enough? That yeah. 
it's a delicate dance. And especially if you're like a solo business owner or don't have a marketing team. Um, And then also um, when I used to work, when I was the marketing director or was the marketing manager and I was the person sitting in the seat before, I've always had an SEO knowledge, um, but it wasn't until I had to build a website, a a brand new website, and I was working with an SEO strategist and a web developer and how they worked together with the SEO first and then the website. They uh, basically the SEO person said, Hey, we need to actually build the architecture first and the URL structure and the keywords to then build out what we're naming the pages. And I was like, what? And then he explained it to me and he dumped it down. A lot of SEO strategists will talk over the business owner's head and they will buy into something that they don't necessarily need is the other thing. And so we've heard people so many times tell us I've been paying X amount of money for the last five years to this SEO company. And then I'll ask the SEO company, like, what'd you do last month? And they can't tell me because they haven't been doing anything. They're just paying this retainer and really nothing's going on. So then there's that shady part of SEO. That's, I feel like the, the biggest issue that we're, we're seemingly coming across more and more is what are you paying for? Like if you get charged X amount, 1500 a month for your SEO campaign. Well, what is it that you are expecting these companies to be doing? Um, and what kind of results are you expecting from them? And I know SEO is a long game and we say this to clients all the time. You have to be, you have to give it some time to start seeing, you know, some results come through. You have to keep doing it. But, uh, and I, I think maybe we'll, we'll come back to that question later on, you know, when we're asked, we're thinking about, you know, do you do it in-house? Do you, do you hire a third party? You know, and, and it all depends upon the size of the company you are and the budget that you have. Um, so, but it's just, it kind of, there, it, that's how it balloons a little bit is how, how do you know what you're supposed to be getting from it? Um, what are some of the common mistakes, I mean, Darlene, you know, that you see businesses make when they're trying to create an SEO strategy themselves? Well, Shannon touched on it, but basically not starting with the right keywords. So um, when you kind of sit down to to look at your SEO strategy, it's really important to do your research. So know who your competitors are. And locally, um, if you're like a, like a painting company locally, specifically locally, but it could also mean that there's some competitors nationally. Um, so look at both. Look at what your competitors are using for keywords. And then you can also look at some tools like WordStream, um, Google has a keyword tool. You can also just do a, a Google window that's incognito and kind of do some some searching around there, searching your yourself, searching your competitors, seeing if they're coming up on, you know, which page they're coming up on or who else is coming up that you may not have thought of. And then um, start, start to make a list of what those words are. So when you type in painting company, um, does Google suggest other things like a longer search term to that? Mm -hmm. Um, Does Google suggest, you know, who is Google like serving you up for that question? And then um, go to those, um, go to those websites, go to your competitors' websites, and then you can look at their source code. So in Google, it is view, you go up, if you're in like a Chrome window, you go up to the top and it says view down at the bottom, it says developer, and then click over to view source. And you can look at the back end of their website code. And then you can search for, um, do like control F to find um, title, description, meta, anything that says meta, um, 
Shannon, let me know if I'm missing any of these, but you can, you can find what the words are that they're, that they're using as their keywords by um, how they are structured in their site. You can also look at on the front end, so not within the code, but just on their website itself, you can look at their URL in the search bar and see what their URL structure is. So the thing with URL structure too, is you wanna have keywords put into that and it would be words that people are searching. So for a good example is um, like for an about page for a company, you wanna have the URL be something like about such and such company or about business owner, like a, a term that people would probably be searching if they're looking for information about you. Sometimes we see clients want to have a, a creative name there, like mm -hmm. our story or yeah. how it started. And those are great for um, a title maybe on your page or a subtitle, but in the URL structure, Google's not, people aren't searching that. So Google is not going to rank that as high. Um, they're going to want to see words like about and your name and the service that you're offering or the product that you're offering so that it makes it easy for them to, to judge where to, where to put you on that search result page. Um, so taking time to do that competitive research, taking time, and it is, a, that is the tedious process of SEO is really looking at that. And then taking those, that list of keywords that you've now got, you know, Bend Organ Painting, local painting company in Bend, all of those things. Um, and then going to a SEO um, keyword tool like WordStream or like SEM Rush is another one, mm -hmm. and seeing what the how hard it is to rank for those keywords. So everyone's trying to rank for for Bend Oregon Painting Company, for example. That's a very common word. Mm -hmm. Is there a way that you can can find other words that people are also searching? but maybe are less competitive than that specific word. So don't um, don't not say Bend Oregon Painting Company in your keywords, but also there's probably words that your audience is searching um, or content that they're searching, questions about painting companies in Bend Oregon that they're searching that your competitors are not capturing. So that's your chance to, to put content on your website or in your social media where that is filling in that gap. So, so, so I'm seeing it because I like, so S, really SEO is understanding what it is that the audit, that the potential clients that you want to find you are trying, are trying to search to find you. Yes. Understanding what, what your competitors are doing on their website to also be found. And then um, attacking your website to arm it, to show up in the best way with those keywords, with adding more content, keeping it by keeping by adding more content, you're keeping it relevant. So like that's the campaign part, but that and that's what needs to be ongoing, right? Because you need to be, you can't just set it and forget it and do the keyword competitive search once, add a blog a couple of times and then let it go. I think exactly. that that's where like the work of the work is the ongoing competitive research the ongoing content add, the on you know adding more photos, keeping it relevant. So it's really not that hard, but it it does require time and it requires some creative thinking. Yes, exactly. And I think um, one way that people also miss on the SEO 
portion of their site is the description of their site. So when you go to a Google tab, um, in the tab, it'll say, it'll have like a description of your, of your company that you've put in. So like, let's go to WebFoot, for example, in the tab, it has home, um, line, bend interior, exterior painting, deck building, a whole, a whole list of things. Yeah. So, um, so what they've done there is in the description of their website, they've listed search terms. What we see a lot of times, except for the word home, which I don't think I would necessarily put there, but um, that's their homepage. So that's why they've done that. So what we see a lot of times with, um, with companies' websites is the description is the name of their company, which they want to be like to show up in that tab. So Google takes your, your website description and sticks it in that tab at the top. So, um, but when people are searching for bend interior, exterior painting, they're not necessarily searching web foot painting, right? So Shannon, Shannon actually taught me this. So the smart, the smarter thing to do is to put search terms in that description in a way that, um, it's given that weight from Google. So Google will look at your site title, your description, your keywords, and then the the headers, the title tags on your page, and it kind of it kind of like gives those things the most weight. So we see that that is like a really simple thing to fix on your website that we see a lot of um, companies miss. Is you want to have your the descriptions on your page and your page titles and things like that using those keywords that people are actually searching. I have to Not, give you. Um, I have to give you both kudos because I downloaded, you know, before we were um, even potentially having this conversation, I downloaded your SEO simple workbook guide um, from your website. And it was really, really spot on with like some tangible takeaways, like that page source under, in understanding like the back end. I was, it was shocking to me, like just some simple things that anybody could do can really help empower us to make some, some tangible changes on how our website performs. So and yeah. then it's, it's, it's really, again, demystifying. It's like, what are, what are just, someone tell us what are the five things we got to do to be working on our SEO and that, and so you, I feel like just to, to start, you guys are already doing a really great job at that. Um, so I, and I feel like I've already been educated through this process and that workbook. So thank you. Um, so coming back to like, how do you, how do you, how do you measure ROI on SEO? Is it possible? Shannon, I'll, I'll direct this one to you. So really what this involves is um, having, and this is a little technical, so it may be, may mean having your web designer or your web developer connect Google analytics and Google search console to your website. Um, and from there you can tell like, if you say that you updated the SEO on your site um, August 1st, you want to give it a few weeks uh, for Google to come in and do its spider magic, as we call it. It goes through and crawls and does things. And um, it'll go through, crawl, do and crawl things on your site. And um, you want to give it some time. Um, so I usually say a month. And... Yeah. You will want to see if you see jumps in traffics. So 
I say a month, but actually I like to look in three at three, like every three months or quarterly. Um, so you've implemented your SEO and then three months later, you'll want to look to see if you've made a jump in traffic. Um, you want to look at your Google search console keywords, which your web developer can um, put into your Google analytics and to see if you are seeing um, some conversion on keywords too. Um, but I have a funny story about this because um, I have done this myself for my, you know, my old, my old website and for Dash and for other companies. There's been only one time in, you know, my 20 plus year of digital marketing that I saw a website completely jump overnight. And that was because it didn't have a lot of competition, but I have seen um, people that I've worked with take about three to four months to rank. Um, for Shannon Lee Strategy, that website took six months to rank and I was consistently um, putting blogs on. Um, but so what I was looking for was looking in my analytics for jumps for traffic. And then I was also looking at my CRM to see if people were finding me through Google, because we know our number one main referrer business is always going to be that word of mouth. Um, and so I was getting lots of word of mouth, but then I started to get traffic about six to nine months in for when I used to do social media coaching all over the country. Uh, for social media coaching, that's because other social media coaches were not adding content to their website. And so about nine months in, I started getting traffic from people all over the country. And then it became like my number one source of referrals. So you want to look at your CRM and you'll want to check your Google Analytics. Uh, I was working with a company that does resume writing last uh, fall and she was just like, I'm not seeing anything from the SEO. I'm not seeing anything from the SEO. And then we saw that she was getting a nice like uh, increase in traffic um, for through her organic search. So that's what you'll want to look for. So I think so often people want to measure the ROI based upon like the lead that they that they get, like or the all of a sudden all the leads. Which yes, leads are great at the end of the day. You know, especially for the businesses that we work with, that's what we want to be coming through the door, but it's important to then know, so how how are we appropriately measuring it, SEO? It's through certain KPIs, one of them being the jump in traffic, you know, one of them being the engagement or the bounce rate. So I think that's having a solid understanding of what are the things we're actually looking to measure that SEO is affecting is going to help tell us whether or not what we're doing is working or not. Because it's you're yeah. going to get leads from um, other, other sources of marketing that you're also doing. Darlene, go ahead. Yeah. So, and then once you see, maybe after that, that three month period, you, you're starting to see some traffic, then I would say add in that KPI of the conversion rate. So really looking at your pages and this, the journey that you're having that website visitor go through. So when they come into a page, what are you asking them to do next? Are you asking them to read a blog? Is there a button at the bottom of the blog that is asking them to fill out an interest form? Is there a pop-up that's asking them to join an email list? You can really dive into what, what the journey is that you're taking them on and start to identify the points where it can be improved or changed to then drive that sales metric as well. Um, so yeah, we want our websites to work well for us and to bring us leads. Um, and it, it may be that you have a sort of a phase one to your SEO strategy, and then you have a phase two. 
And in that phase two, you can really start to get into the nitty gritty of, of that buyer's journey. How often, let's say you're doing um, SEO in-house, and then I'm going to get to the question of, you know, in-house versus outsourcing. Um, If you are doing SEO in-house, how often um, should you, I guess it depends upon, you know, what your campaign is. Are you adding blogs weekly, bi-weekly, monthly? Um, What would you all say is a good place to start with um, how much time you're spending on the SEO work for your website? How much time did you spend on your SEO for your website? Let's see. Um, I always tell folks to start with kind of like a content strategy for adding ongoing to your website and maybe spend an hour crafting that content every week. Um, That could mean um, taking a page you have like with services on it and breaking out those services into individual pages with more words on them that are uh, we don't want to just keyword stuff, but we want to make sure creatively and SEO, they work together. But I usually start with, if you're a solo business owner or you don't have a marketing team, try to spend like one hour adding something to your website, um, every week. And then the other thing from this is you can take whatever you've added to your website and you can repurpose it into social media. You can put it on LinkedIn. You can make social posts for Facebook and Instagram, on it. And, um, you just, uh, you just want to spend maybe an hour, maybe 30 minutes every week, uh, adding that content to your site. And somebody will say, somebody has asked me before, like, what's the magic number? How many blogs should I add to my website a month? And really what it boils down to is what do you have time for? Do you have time for one blog post a month? Do you have time for one blog post a week? I know when I was starting my business in 2017, it was really important for me to outrank the competitors in where I lived. And so I was like, I'm going to spend an hour each week adding content, uh, a blog to my site, and I'm also going to repurpose it into social media. So content's not a one and done thing. You can then um, amplify it out across platform. Love it. Good answer. That's that's a good way to approach I mean, anybody can kind of look at their, you know, look at their week and say, but then you you have to be disciplined, right? So if you're going to give, if you're going to block off that 30 minutes to an hour to work on it, make sure you don't overplace something else with it just because something in the moment. And that's something that we all have to work on is protecting our calendars for the things that have to get done. So in-house versus out you know, outsourcing SEO, SEO work, you know, hiring an SEO company or doing it in yourselves. What, what say you guys, what's, what's the right thing to do here? Um, if you have a large marketing team, I would look at outsourcing it. Um, if it's just you and you don't have a marketing budget, I would spend the time to research, what your competitors are doing, not exactly copy it, but what are your competitors doing and what can you yourself add in your own tone with the same keywords. But you also, when you outsource, want to do your due diligence and get recommendations from other folks. Like who did you use? Did you see results from it? Um, Instead of just uh, Googling stuff, because like I said, there's a lot of folks out there that take your money and don't do anything at all. I have a, a story of, I was working with a tree, an arborist, 
and they could not figure out why they weren't ranking anymore. They had spent all this money on SEO and it turns out the company that they were using didn't do anything on their website and created a separate website that outranked them. And when they let the company go, they lost all their leads. So you want to make sure that, you know, they have good rankings on Google reviews, uh, Yelp, you want to make sure that one thing I like to do is I like to hire people that actually go on social media or go on LinkedIn and make videos or have their own blog posts about what they do. So that to me signals authority. But if you, if you, if you had to choose, it just depends on what you have for a budget. But if you have the budget to hire out, I would highly vet and also like get referrals from other people referrals are huge. Do you see, um, there's, there's a lot of, I mean, there's small agencies and then there's large agencies. And some people think the large agencies, you know, just have more ability to do things. But I, sometimes I, I feel like there's a lack of understanding the, the business themselves sometimes when, because there's a, I feel like the, I don't know, I've struggled. I've struggled to see um, large marketing agencies for small businesses succeed because they don't understand the services that the small business is really offering and who they really are. And to do a solid SEO campaign, you have to be putting out who you are into the world. Do you all see that as well? Or is that a personal experience? <laughs> no, you do need to be putting out who you are in the world and giving your opinion and you want to make sure, I mean, for me, when it comes to social media marketing, and if I'm writing a blog about it, I don't want to be like everybody else. I actually feel that my main thing about social media is social media is part of your marketing. It is not all of your marketing. And so when social media strategists are talking about Instagram or they're talking about TikTok, I always lead it back to like, it's part of your marketing. It's not your whole marketing. And so that's, you also want, you just want to have your opinion about it. And I think people like that, you know, you're honest and not saying like Instagram's the only thing you should be doing. Um, no, you should be, you should have a holistic plan. Um, so when you are crafting your blogs, you want to make sure that you're showing your expertise, but also giving a different take from it. And I feel like that helps you stand out. And then it's your, it's the voice of the company that's coming through, not the voice of someone who maybe is a third party and doesn't necessarily sound like you, right? Yeah. Yeah. You want to make sure it's you. You always want to make sure it's you. Um, and something we find often in this, it with people we work with, the people I've coached with, the people that Darlene and I worked with, people I worked with in the past is they want to be like their competitors. My competitor does X, Y, and Z, and I need to do it. Um, my competitors on Instagram, but their ideal market is really on LinkedIn and they're spending all this time on Instagram when they really should be on LinkedIn. So it's kind of like your, your competitors may following your competitors isn't exactly always going to be the correct answer because they not, might, they might be marketing in the wrong places, or you may be spending a lot of time on Instagram and not on other people's blogs. So you don't think blogs or your websites is a key part of your marketing strategy when in fact, like it's the number one, it's your online, it's the number one place people are going to go online. So when you, if you don't spend the time there and you're spending it in other places, you're kind of spinning your wheels a little bit. 
So if you go the route of hiring or outsourcing for um, SEO, you're a, a larger company, you have a, a budget to spend, um, you're putting out a lot of content. What are some, um, if you say, you know, what can we expect each month? You know, um, what are you guys going to be working on? What are some typical things you would want to hear that company say to you? You want to hear that they are working on your blog, like putting ongoing content on your website. And if you're paying a company, they'll give you an option. Uh, we always do a minimum of two because um, we feel like one is just not enough. Uh, but like we feel like four is great, but two will get you there. So you'll want to know like, what are they doing every month? Like writing blog posts, maybe one thing. They might be doing an analysis to see if your keywords in your Google Analytics after about three months, as I said, because you want to give it time to ride. Um, like, how are you, are you go moving up with page views? Uh, what does your Google Search Console keywords look like? Are you seeing a growth in impressions? Are you seeing a growth in con conversion to your website, website hits and things like that? Um, a lot of people will work on backlinks uh, and that is not something, that's not a service we offer, um, but they will reach out to people and ask to put backlinks on, you know, your site. They'll work on your Google My Business page, um, which we're even not even talking about that. So they will get people to give you reviews because reviews are really important to your Google My Business page mm -hmm. and help you rank as well. Um, if there's an opportunity to take some of your blog posts and make them into videos, uh, one thing we do is we will work with the client to take a high-performing blog post and make a companion video for it to then put it on their website. So everybody will be different. Um, and, but what I found is a lot of people talk over your head and use all this industry jargon and scare you. Um, but really, they should be just adding ongoing content, looking at the backlinks and monitoring things each month on your site. And I've seen retainers from anywhere from $200 a month for ongoing SEO to like $2,000 a month. And I was working with a doctor who was paying that much and they weren't doing anything. And he was paying $2,000 a month. Um, yeah. So you just want to know like what they're doing and understand what they're doing. And if yeah, you don't, yeah. You, marketing dollars. You I mean, you want to make sure they're going the right place. Yeah. Yes. All right. Let's go. If you're doing it in-house and Darlene, I'll shoot this to you and then we'll, we'll bring AI into the conversation to kind of round us out here. Um, what are resources that are out there? I think you've mentioned a couple with like WordStream, SEM Rush, but what are some resources that um, folks can be utilizing that are out there, you know, at our, at our fingertips to be helping us do more keyword search or analysis and maybe Maybe you've covered it all in what you've previously said. Yeah, I think the big ones are um, you really want to have Google Analytics installed on your website. You wouldn't believe how many people we start working with that don't have that set up. So it's just a little, it's an account that you create with Google that's free. And then it's a tag that you put in the correct place on your website. And there's lots of tutorials online of how to do that and how to find that. But that's probably number one, because then it will give you insights into views and into the search terms that people are using to find you. So that's really, really helpful information that you want to have. Um, the other thing that goes along with that is Google Search Console. And so Google Analytics did an update in July 
that kind of integrates these two tools that they have, but they basically they fill in search term information for you and um, a little bit of page view and like user behavior information. So they're companion tools, but they're they're a little bit more integrated now into Google Analytics. Um, but you do kind of need to sign up for both. Another tool that we use um, is that WordStream keyword tool. So you can go into WordStream and they have a free keyword tool and you can you can um, put in your keywords or you can put in your website and it will kind of give you a list of keywords that are used or um, keywords that you might want to use. And then it will tell you where, where they are in competition. Are they very competitive or are they low competition? So what you're kind of looking for is um, you, you kind of want a little bit of a mix, but mainly words that people are still searching that are like medium to lower competition. That's kind of the low hanging fruit. And then if it's a very core keyword, like for, like for a painting company, you'd want like painting services or painting quote or house painting some in my area, something like that. You don't want to um, leave that word out, but just know that it's higher competition. So um, include it, but try to try to round out your keyword list with words that are in terms that are like lower medium competition. So you can kind of see what the competitiveness is of those keywords by using a tool like WordStream or SEMrush will do the same for you. Um, and there's other tools too that help with um, sort of brainstorming content ideas, like where you might be kind of missing what people are wanting to know about that you haven't put on your website yet or that your competitors are not doing. A couple of, um, of tools that we like for that are Google Trends. So you can go to, um, I think it's just google.trends um, and you can find what is trending on Google. Um, you can also search specific terms in there and see related terms and like if any of those are popular in your area. And then um, you can capitalize on a, on a trend that is is happening in Google that people are, are very interested in right now. Um, I always say like, be careful with that and make sure that it, ties into your brand. So don't just, you know, put Beyonce like all over your website or something like have it, have it always relate back to you in a meaningful way. The other um, tool that I like to use that not everybody knows about is a website called answer the public. And you can put a search term in there and it will give you back a whole list of, of questions. So these are things that people have put into, into those, um, search engines that they're wanting to know about. Um, it just kind of, it, it gives you like a place to start. It's not necessarily saying this is a good thing to write about. Like there may not be that many people asking this question, but at least you could take that list and then go further research it. So that's just a good way to kind of get brainstorming. Um, another tool that we do like to use, and this maybe leads into the AI conversation, is we do like to use ChatGPT for brainstorming. And, um, you know, again, you're going to want to kind of vet those out and make sure that they are um, not highly competitive because a lot of times ChatGPT will give you back something that's a bit rote and, you know, um, base. So you need to make sure that you're taking that idea and then pushing it further. But it's a great place to start just to kind of get over that blank page fear and get something on the page. 
yeah, I get inspired a little bit by, yeah. by throwing out some ideas and then, but you did, but then you're right. It, what comes back down, you know, it's basically look at it maybe as a foundation and then make it yours. Exactly. So we should, we should move into the AI part of the conversation because obviously AI chatter in this space is growing louder and louder. I feel like every week now, something else is rolling out. You know, we're talking this week, it's beginning of October, the new chat GPT-4 multi-modular release is, is the, the new news. Again, these are words that sound large and jargon, but really it's, it's not, it's, it's simple. It's being able to enter more things into the, into the search outside of text, pictures, video, you know, what, what have you, but how does this, this um, intro of AI and the tool that like the tools that are coming out from it, how is this going to interrupt the SEO space? Yeah. So it's really been interesting. I would say, um, first of all, if you're, a, if you're a business owner or you're listening to this and you haven't played with some of the AI tools yet, I would really highly recommend um, opening up ChatGPT and or or going into um, Midjourney is is a tool through Discord and you can you can kind of Google how to get there. But I would really recommend playing around with some of these tools. Um, they're pretty mind blowing in what they can do, and um, it is something that is a little bit hard to grasp because we have never seen anything like this before. This is um, you know it's, it's pretty revolutionary and it's changing business in ways that we have not seen before. So, um, AI and SEO, um, is really interesting because, um, it's, it's kind of happening in two different ways. So Google just kind of released a, a, a new algorithm update, um, <clears throat> in, uh, May, um, I believe that, is putting AI on their on their Google page. So now on a search result page, you'll see a box at the top and not everybody has this yet. I don't have it yet on mine, but um, it's, it's kind of like, I have an example of it in front of me. It's kind of like a green box at the top that is an AI generated response to your question. And what it's doing is it's taking an aggregate of of all the websites out there, it's also taking um, what people are talking about on social media in regards to your question and what you, the words that you just typed in. It's taking, you know, um, forums. So like Reddit, um, Quora, you know, um, videos on YouTube, TikTok, um, all of this stuff, it is, it is combining in a way and giving you an answer to your question. So that now on Google, you are getting your answer without even having to click anywhere else. So if you think about like the point of SEO is to is to get people to go from Google to traffic to your website. Actually, this is really your yeah. This is really disrupting that. Google is saying, actually, we want you to stay on Google. Yeah. And so while you're researching, so so back to that like buyer's journey, you're researching something on Google, it's going to give you the answer, and your buyer's journey has started and ended with Google. And that is hugely disrupting for, for, um, business owners who are trying to work on their SEO. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's one way, um, that SEO, that AI is really disrupting SEO strategy. The other way is that instead of going to Google, people are, and this is, this is where before this tipping point has happened, I believe, but like it's moving this way. 
people are actually just going to ChatGPT to ask it questions. They're not going to Google. So ChatGPT is owned by OpenAI, separate company. Um, and they are going into ChatGPT now. And ChatGPT4 just had that update that you mentioned where it's um, multimodal. Um, basically, you can like search with an image. So you can put an image into ChatGPT um, and, and ask it questions about the image that you gave it. And it will give you feedback back on it. Um, the other thing you can do is ask it, you know, take a picture. The, the best example I've heard so far is you can take a picture of your bike, like your road bike that you have and say, how do I raise my bike seat? And put that picture into ChatGPT and ask it that question. And it can give it back. It can give you back a video step-by-step -step how to raise and lower your bike seat. And here's the tools that you need. And you know, here's what you've got to do. And so this is previously, how would you have found this information? You would have probably searched YouTube if yeah. you wanted a video. You would have probably gone to Google and then gotten and then gotten some YouTube videos. And then there's millions of YouTube creators out there making bike videos. And all of them are, are, you know, working on their own SEO, getting their own content strategy. Like you think of them as like mini business owners in a way YouTube create oh. content creators are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now ChatGBT has taken that from them because it's not linking to anybody else. It's, it's the information that is being fed into ChatGBT and they are able to say, this is how you do it. And you don't have to worry about finding the right bike model finding the right, you know, year of the bike, like they've given you everything you need. You don't have to search around and be like, oh, well on YouTube, I found this video, but it's not exactly my bike model, but it's good enough, you know? And so it's just really mind blowing when you think about it, like the way that it's going to change how people are looking at content. Totally. And it's, and then, I mean, the, the information that comes back to you within chat GPT, I mean, I've been on it, I was on it a couple of months ago. I, frankly, haven't used it as enough, enough as I should, um, that's not clickable or searchable out. So when you, it feeds you information back, but it's not taking you anywhere, right? It's keeping you within the GPT or the chat GPT forum. Correct. Yeah. Not like so people will search and then it'll link to you and then you'll, and then they'll come to your site. It's just pulling information straightforward. Correct. Yeah. So you're not getting anything. If you were previously a YouTube creator that was making bike videos and now ChatGPT is essentially taking that from you, yeah. you're not getting that traffic anymore. It's going to result in a huge drop in traffic on questions that are very easily answered by ChatGPT. So you can expect to see a drop in traffic in the, the Q&A articles, the basic how-tos and explainer videos. Um, and this is what Google is doing to you as well. They're both of these ways are kind of taking that traffic from you. So um, that's really the the impact it's going to have. So how are we going to, how are we going to like, you know, guard ourselves against this? Yeah. Um, essentially the new strategy becomes being a, a person that um, is giving information that AI could not could not source from you. So you're going to see a, a change to a lot more personal experience mm -hmm. um, stories and content, a lot more specific e examples. So um, like, for instance, if you're a service provider like Shannon and I are, and we're, we're trying to reach other businesses, we're B2B. So one thing that we'll do in our content strategy is give specific examples of how we've solved problems for clients. Um, 
and our take and our process. Like AI can't manufacture that answer. Right. Right. So, um, so B to C, um, you know, business to consumer, um, you're going to want to add a lot more personality, be more of the face of your company. Um, we always say like in video content and that type of thing, you want to kind of have someone that's like the face of your company. So in the way that you're writing your social and your website content, add in that personality, those personal experience stories and um, specific insights that only you really have. And um, that is going to be what will, you know, the way that you can fight against this AI kind of taking away your traffic. Um, Google is still going to care about your experience, your expertise, your authority, your trustworthiness. These are going to continue to be important after, um, even after these updates and everything go through. So, um, but in addition, they're going to want to have like a real, real world relevant experience and your company's credentials, really, um, your expertise shining through in what you're saying. Um, The other thing too, is you're going to want to try to incorporate those longer tail phrases. So, so people do type quite specific things into Google and the more that you can be really specific with um, answering those specific questions, the better you're going to do in this situation. So what I'm hearing is that we got to stay on our toes because AI is going to keep throwing things at us, but we need to keep doing what we're doing um, and not not stopping, but just adapt and and utilize some new creative strategies to work to work with to work with AI in some ways. But to exactly. not stop the SEO campaigns, keep 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 adding content, keep working on your keywords, keep showing up um, with you know with new relevant content. Exactly. And as you look at that, that content strategy, always be thinking of what is my specific take on it that no one can ever take from me? In what ways can I personalize this to, to me, my business, my, or like our business as a whole, our, our, our business story, our experience and our expertise. Um, that's really what's going to keep you coming out on top. And that's where we want to be as close on, you know, page one of that search, let's close the top as possible. Um, Shannon, well, maybe we'll wrap up here with just a, a can't leave out. You've mentioned social media a couple of times. I mean, Darlene, you just, you know, brought up social you know media as well. Obviously it has to intertwine with the SEO strategy. You've mentioned repurposing content and using it that way. Um, what is your, maybe you know, in a couple of minutes here, what's like your brief recommendation for, you know, kind of marrying the two? So there's a couple of things. If you are creating content for your website, repurpose it onto social media. You can make a companion, you know, YouTube video, a long form YouTube video. You could take that blog post and you could then make shorts out of it. Um, we've seen people that make a long video and cut them into shorts, but I actually like, I do like the long video cut into shorts. However, I feel if you do, um, a different take on the shorts, meaning you take, maybe you have three points in your blog post and you make the shorts in like 90 seconds using things like, uh, hooks that, uh, Darlene had said this last week, hooks that kind of like just jar the person or trigger them. And um, you have a call to action to follow for more. 
those kind of things in those shorts are super key and you really can't do that in a long video. Um, the other thing you can do is you could make graphics from that blog post to post on to social media too. Carousels are hot on Instagram, not so hot on LinkedIn and not so hot on Facebook, but uh, people like to swipe through those things and they are hungry for knowledge on those platforms. Um, social media is starting to become a search engine. And we've been seeing over the last year that TikTok is really dominating the the folks under the age of 35. So if your demographic is under the age of 35 or falls between like that 25 to 45 range, you might want to look at TikTok because it's highly, it's easy to search, optimize it. Um, somebody said, I saw this great video that said, and I cannot remember who it is. So I apologize for not credit, crediting them, but they said TikTok is like, uh, you are SEOing it to a third grader. So they're saying you want to put a title on your, uh, a title using the TikTok text. You want to put that, use that on your, uh, TikTok that you make, you want to put that title in the description. You'll want to use those hashtags as your, your keyword hashtags. Um, but they said also, if you put too much, you overwhelm the TikTok algorithm. So less is more there. And we've found some big pushback about TikTok. Like if their audience is on there, they don't want to do it. Um, mm -hmm. And it's estimated that's going to be two years from now, it's going to overtake Instagram and Facebook. And so it's early adoption right now. It's an early adoption. Um, there is a lot of negative stuff that you find on TikTok. Um, and it's like, reminds me of Facebook, you know, 15 years ago. So um, what I definitely would say about social media is it's becoming more search friendly. Instagram keeps saying that they are search friendly, but I'm not actually seeing that just yet. So we'll see if they can implement some of the things that TikTok's doing, but we're seeing now that this other search engine is coming out and it's TikTok. So how I think the search engines rank is Google, YouTube, Pinterest, and um, TikTok is moving up in that area. Yeah. Yeah. Pinterest is another one that we don't see enough people utilizing, but is also a search search engine, like Shannon said. Um, there is some pretty amazing stats um, on Pinterest. Um, we could go into that more, but um, essentially um, the great thing about Pinterest is that it's not chronological like these other like these other social media platforms. It is really meant to be a um, a place where people go to find new ideas and take action. So they're not scrolling through what's most recent. They're scrolling through what's most relevant. So keywording for Pinterest is super, super important. Um, 40, 445 million people use Pinterest every month. And a majority of them are females from 25 to 44 with an average household income of over a hundred thousand. Wow. Okay. So, um, the thing is that when brands are on Pinterest, they're not disrupting, um, the user, they're actually there to offer inspiration and answers. So people really want to see like information from brands on Pinterest. So that's big. I looking at that. Yeah. Cause I mean, 
the clients that we work with here at Nolan Consulting Group are contractors and produce really beautiful work for the clients that they have. And I feel like Pinterest is not a place where they've been spending time. And maybe we should change that. Yes, and I Pinterest also- would do well for, for anyone who's doing um, painting, decks, you know, home improvements. I mean, it's, and you can go to Pinterest trends. They have their own trending, just like Google Trends. And you can see what's trending on Pinterest. Um, but like home decor is a big, is a big topic, but many, many other businesses can be successful on Pinterest. That is a good a golden nugget to take away with. And I, I'm really bummed that TikTok continues to win because I was really trying to hold out and not adopt a TikTok. I was like, I can't have one more on my phone. As somebody was saying, if I was going to create content for both TikTok and Instagram, how would you meld those? And yeah. um, I have been testing this out on my own personal brand. So I make video. I'm a content video content creator at heart. I've been that way for a very long time before it was even popular to do that. Um, and I have found that sometimes the tick, the TikTok I make that I put on Instagram does better on Instagram and gets more traction on than if it goes to Facebook reels, it's really weird. However, that the people that I'm aiming for, like my key demographic for my personal brand. So I show people how to get dressed using capsule wardrobe, the capsule wardrobing system. They're more of my age group. So I fit that 40 to 55 age group. They're on Instagram and they're on Facebook. So I create it for TikTok. Sometimes it will get good traction on TikTok, but it will get better traction on Instagram and Facebook. And people, and then the other thing the gurus say about Facebook and Instagram is the shorter, the better. I have actually found the opposite. So if I can push it to a minute to a minute 30, I get more views and um, more engagement. So just depend, like everybody's different. So if you look at one person's social media, you, you know, one company's social media, you don't want to do exactly what they're doing. You want to do it your own way. It's kind of like writing, like yeah, going against the AI. So when people say like, oh, you only want to put seven seconds on Instagram, I'm finding that more than seven seconds is is great for my audience. And you so. don't know until you try, right? So and I think that goes back to just marketing in general. You just got to keep trying new things and see and see what works and then keep doing what works for you. One thing I like to say about marketing is you like let it ride for six months. And I went, when I was coaching a lot of individuals, they would want to change things every month. Like, I don't like doing this. How about I do it to this? And then I have to remind them, like, you're literally starting all over. So why not pick a strategy, stick with it, and then um, stick with that strategy and then wait to see results. Like I like to give it three to six months and there's great books on this. Um, Creating something awesome is about content creation and it's about creating all forms of content, web to video to, you know, Instagram to TikTok. And then, um, and I cannot remember the author's name of that book. I might go look that up for you. Um, The other book is Building a Brand by Mark Schaefer. And that one goes into how what you're doing on social media isn't necessary and your website isn't necessarily creating ROI. It's about creating community. So if you are true to yourself and true to creating content that you that's about you and about your business that's helpful for other people, 
Don't look at what other people are doing and create it because you'll build that community. And I've actually seen that on my personal brand and with the Dash brand. So like, don't look at what everybody else is doing. Go off on your own. Just do your thing. Just do your thing. Yeah. Well, Shannon and Darlene, this was such a pleasure. Thank you both so, so much for just the conversation and giving us insights and helping us get a better understanding of um, the world of SEO and how to empower ourselves to, to be smarter and, and just show up, show up on those, up on those rankings and really to not, to not be taken advantage of by um, the jargon and uh, to educate ourselves. So um, you guys are fantastic. Of course, um, dashcontentco.com. If you want to learn more um, about Darlene and Shannon, um, I can certainly be a, a voice of recommendation as well. They've done a lot for us here at NCG as we're working on some, some things um, on our end in the SEO and marketing space and content. So thank you both. Um, until I'd love to have you back on in the future. So I'll say until next time. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. For those listeners interested in an SEO step-by-step guide and planning to work on a strategy in-house, the ladies at Dash gave us a promo code for 50% off their simple SEO workbook. Go to dashcontentco.com slash shop and enter Nolan 50 off at checkout and get started on building your SEO campaign today. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.